Blog Talk Radio. Hello, wrestling fans, and welcome to another episode of Greatest Matches. This is Juan Silva and Logan coming at you here on the Pro Wrestling Opinion Show. What's up, man? Hey, good afternoon, Logan. Good afternoon, wrestling fans. Yes, indeed. So this uh, week we are talking about two great matches, one from 1980 and one from 1997. Why don't you tell us what they are, buddy? Yeah, both matches from New Japan. Um, I would, I would urge rest, classic wrestling fans that want to see great matches. Fuck the WWE Network. New Japan World, they have every single classic match since nineteen since the mid seventies on their website, and we'll be reviewing two of them today from nineteen eighty. Sure, I get this date correct. From nineteen, from February fifth, nineteen eighty, Tatsumi Fujinami defending the World Wrestling Federation Junior Heavyweight Championship against uh, Dynamite Kid, a matchup of two Wrestling Observer Hall of Famers. And from June fifth, nineteen ninety-seven, the finals of the Best of the Super Junior Heavyweight Tournament, a ridiculous match. One of the greatest matches I've ever seen in my lifetime, and I saw it for the first time today. Wow. Koji Kanemoto versus El Samurai. Yeah, that was that's, that's a crazy match. So this first one with Dynamite Kid, 1980, uh, this is uh, way before his British Bulldogs uh, spent, right? Yeah, this is... I think he first came to New Japan in 1979, so this is one of the first tours he, he uh, was involved with as far as going to New Japan. Calgary and New Stampede Wrestling that was run by uh, Stu Hart had a trade agreement with New Japan Wrestling. And Tatsumi Fujinami mm-hmm. at this point was probably the best work on the planet. Well, Dynamite Kid's not far behind here. He's coming out of the dojo, uh, right? I mean, that's where he trains. So he's he trained to... both in the dungeon and the New Japan Dojo. Okay. And uh, so let's talk about this. He's uh, coming in almost the heel here. He's, he's flipping off the fans. Uh, he's, he's definitely a heel. Dynamite Kid New Japan was a heel because his two most famous uh, feuds were against the most popular junior heavyweights of that era. First, Tatsumi Fujinami, then... A year later, he would be matched up against Tiger Mask, and we've discussed two or three of those matches. So, yeah, yeah. Dynamite Kid was always the heel in those matches. Yeah, and he played, uh, it's kind of like what AJ Styles is doing today over there. You know what? I thought the damn, Logan, we're on the same page. I thought the same thing. Um, we were going we to review AJ Styles' recent uh, classic match against Kota or Bucci, but my internet stalled, and I wasn't able to watch the second half of the match. But you see a lot. You can see a heavy, a heavy influence. We know Chris Benoit, his idol was Dynamite Kid because he had every move down pat. And you see the same type of influence in the legendary AJ Styles. Indeed. So uh, we will eventually review that match on another show. So let's get to this one because uh, this one is crazy. I mean, uh, first, Fujinami is getting is pretty much out wrestling. Uh, Dynamite Kid. I mean, uh, some crazy uh, Ricky Steamboat style arm drag in the first part of yeah. the match here. Well, both of them throw those um, 
throw those um, arm drags beautifully. What I love about um, the beginning of this match, as well as the next match we'll discuss, is that for the first three, four minutes, they're battling each other, trying to out-wrestle each other. And you see Fujinami and Dynamite Kid both, I mean, they're realistic in their holds. And, and like, it's, oh, I mean, Dynamite Kid's got his, got his foot on Fujinami's neck like he's about to knock it off. Oh yeah, I mean uh, he gets he gets in a a, a forearm uh, a, a nasty forearm from and then gets a, a crazy stretch on him. Looks like some kind of weird abdominal stretch using your yeah. leg. Um, he eventually uh, he gets in, he goes over the top. Uh, they both go over the top rope and then get back in. Uh, gets then Dynamite gets caught in a body scissors, uh, pretty tight body scissors, which. Uh, it, it, at first, he's like doing some weird move where he's like lying on top of him. With, like the guy's in a bridge and he's on yeah. top, and then he gets caught in his uh, body scissors. Uh, he punches himself out of there, um, and we see that Fujinami at this point is pretty much bloody. Well, uh, Fujinami came into the ring with a bandage on his forehead, so he didn't need the blade in this match. He just once the bandage came off, he started bleeding. Yeah. So then uh, I think um, he gets the flying headbutt, but he doesn't get the uh, doesn't get the pin. Uh, we're talking about dynamite here. Yeah. Uh, he throws uh, Fujinami outside, uh, and uh, I think he. Oh no, that's what it was. He uh, he tries to get he missed that uh, flying headbutt, and then he gets. You know, one thing Fujinami does awesome here is standing drop kick. He can just like oh, Fuji, Fujinami had one of the great drop kicks in the history of wrestling, and hit that standing drop kick was stiff right in yeah. his face. So that sent him set him outside and uh, set uh, dynamite outside, and then uh, we see that uh, I think I think Fujinami. Uh, didn't Fujinami go for a dive and miss? Oh, that was a sick bump, Logan. He he dives over the top rope and he smacks the concrete because dynamite's not there. <laughs> right. Uh, and and uh, the, the the end of the match is this crazy pin where he gets some chicken wing with his feet and then goes into a bridge and, and then he yeah. goes into a bridge. Talk! Oh my God! And he holds him down for the three count. And Dynamite Kid is so pissed. That I mean, he regains his heat by beating the hell out of Fujinami after the bit after the three count. Great match, great ending, and as you can see, um, until this day, you you will always have the big matches in in in, in New Japan and all Japan as well. Sort of like a quasi lumberjack match, as you'll have many of the young boys outside the ring watching the match. Now, will these guys uh, meet again? Um. Let me, I'm trying to think now. I, I didn't do any research for this match. I know Fujinami eventually would either give up the junior heavyweight championship or he might have lost it to Dynamite. I'm not sure. But Fujinami, with, before, within the next 12 to 18 months, would become a full-fledged heavyweight and no longer be a junior heavyweight. And the junior heavyweights will be dominated by uh, the likes of Dynamite Kid, Tiger Mask, Black Tiger, and uh, Bret Hart, a young Bret Hart. To talk about this junior heavyweight title, this is something that the WWF had in Japan? I, I believe, no, 
I believe the first WWF junior heavyweight title match was actually in the Garden. It might have been 1978, Fujinami beating perennial jobber Jose Estrada, and then he would, from time to time, come and defend the title in the United States, but the majority of the, of the time, he would defend that title in Japan. So did they basically create the uh, title for Fujinami? Well, at this time, New Japan and the WWF were, were partners. They did a lot of work together. They would send talent back and forth. Um, the American, since the early to mid-'70s, Vince McMahon Sr. and Antonio Noki had a business agreement. Yeah, so the t- I looked it up on Wikipedia. The title is this from 1967 to 1985. Um, 1985 is when the agreement between New Japan and WWF ended. Yeah, okay. But WWF at that time wanted to just be by themselves, yeah, and then in 1994, the championship belt was used as a trophy for the first ever Super J Cup, which was won by Wild Pegasus, i.e. Chris Benoit. So they actually gave it away at, at, at 94. At the- the Uni- in 1985, the WWF began recognizing their own WWF junior heavyweight champion, no longer affiliated with New Japan. Okay. Anyway, uh... Yeah, so interesting. Uh, so I guess you know because they've always they've done their cruiserweight, junior heavyweight, and light, and light heavyweight. heavyweight, light heavyweight, yeah. cruiserweight, and junior heavyweight. Also, Logan, you do you realize? Do you see Dynamite Kid? This is pre-steroids Dynamite Kid. It is. Yeah, he's a lot smaller, but uh, he's a lot more uh, mobile. Sure. Uh, so Dynamite Kid is here. Um, uh, still now, he hadn't even gone to the WWF, or had he? Oh no, no, no! He was wrestling at this point. He was wrestling. He was going between Stampede and New Japan. From yeah. 1981, you you within the following year, beginning around 1981, when he would start wrestling Tiger Mask. Not 82, you would see a huge increase in weight as he began using the steroids. And then by the time he appears to the WWF in 1984, 1985 with his cousin, Davey Boy Smith, as the British Bulldogs, you see the steroids, I mean, steroids full in effect. Right on. Yeah, I mean, he, might, he may have gotten noticed here. You said this, this was for the WWF Junior Heavyweight Championship, right? So he may have gotten noticed by WWF here? No, no. What happened, Logan, was in 1984, the w, um, McMahon bought out Stampede Wrestling. He bought... Oh, I see. He bought Stampede Wrestling from Stu Hart, but one of the one one of the, one of the um one of the provisions one of the provisions for the sale was that McMahon would take Bret Hart and the Dynamite Kid and Davy Boy Smith. He also wanted to give him Bad News Allen, who would later on become Bad News Brown, but Bad News Bad News Allen did not want to leave Calgary. So instead okay. he Bret Hart and the, and the British Bulldogs as part of that uh, sale. Well, it's a good acquisition for sure. So, all right, so uh, let's get on to this next match here. Uh, tell us about these two guys. What a fucking match, man. What a spectacular match. Koji Kanemoto had started his career as the new Tiger Mask. 
Um, but he was while he was good, I think the mask like Masawa before him affected his mobility as because because they had a hard time making certain moves with the mask on. Once the mask came off, Kanemoto began a string of one spectacular match after another, and this was one of them. Kanemoto, which one is he? Is he the mask? The guy without the mask. The guy without the mask. Okay, yeah, I just want to make sure. So, El Samurai is what was... Now, El Samurai had been wrestling for years throughout the 90s. He had a nice rivalry, some great matches with Jushin Liger, and the Pegasus Kid. El Samurai was a perennial contender for the junior heavyweight championship that was dominated throughout the 1990s by the greatest junior heavyweight slash cruiserweight light heavyweight of all time, Jushin Thunder Liger. So why was he called El Samurai? Was he a luchador? I, 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 uh, yeah, well, you can see when the mask came off, he was Japanese. Um, right. I, to me, to me, he was a pre-modern day El Generico. Just same type of wrestler. No, I was just wondering if uh, I see. So they just used that term L for. Whatever. I mean, he was a Japanese wrestler. I guess maybe he was. He had a karate gimmick, but you can see this match. There was no karate involved whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, I just wonder why he got that name. It sounded like something he would have got while he was in. Uh, in, in like in, like in a Mexican, right? Like if like, yeah. like had he wrestled in Mexico. But he he looked like he did not. He's always been in Japan. Uh, I, I don't have any footage of him in Mexico. Everything that I have of him and that we reviewed because this is the second match we've done with him on this show. The first being against Jushin Liger. I mean, throughout the nineties, he was a New Japan mainstay. Right. Right. So Koji uh, Kanemoto is uh, yeah his his, uh, his his technique is sharp. He's very precise in his. Uh, you know who Koji reminds me of a modern day, and, and we would have. You talked about how you saw a lot of Dynamite Kid and AJ Styles. You see a lot of Koji Kanemoto in Kota Ubushi. Yeah, the best worker on the planet today. Yeah, so we see it starts off here with uh, El Samurai going for an armbar. Uh, I mean, it, it, they, they do a lot of uh, just uh, like grappling. the previous match. The first four, five to seven minutes is is doing mat work. Is uh, Samurai Kanemoto doing mat work? Yeah. So um, and um, so El goes. Uh, Misses a knee on uh, Koji. Koji takes advantage. Uh, he gets some crazy leg lock uh, on. Uh, he's got some. This guy uh, Koji's got some crazy leg locks. Uh, uh, Koji, Koji had this this leg lock I never saw before. That was like a submission move, sort of like a a version of the arm the around the arm lock, except it was a leg lock. Yeah, his his. Um, he has this crazy spinning toe, but anyway, he's uh, while he's in the leg lock, he punches his leg so that the leg punches into his face. It like kicks into the guy's face. So you see that? Like he would like punch his knee, his own knee, so that like his his foot would hit El Samurai's face. While he's in- that was a nice move. Yeah. Yeah. So then he's uh he 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 does this crazy spinning toe hold like move too, where it's like a snap move. Uh, like and Koji just like almost like uh, 
Yeah, it looked like, I mean, it's like, you know, it looks like the beginning of a figure four, but he just does that and then just sits on it, which is what he's doing to uh, El Samurai there. He, he does apply the figure four later on. He applies a weird figure four, but we'll talk about that. At, at this point, we have uh, Koji gets, um, was he hung up in the ropes, or was El Samurai hung up in the ropes? Oh, that was, that was, uh, that was, it wasn't that Koji hung up in the ropes, and yeah. El Samurai lands two consecutive uh, kicks to the face. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, but then, uh, he, but then um, Koji comes back with another nasty toehold. And, uh, and then Koji some nasty kicks uh, from from Koji. Uh, and then we got some El, some great kicks from El, El Samurai as well. And then we get this crazy superplex off the ropes. I mean, uh, you know, it's like a, it was like a belly to belly, but it was like over his head. Wait, wait, wait! That was that was sensational. I love that was the first. That was the beginning of the back and forth. What right. a fucking move! Now he goes to the top rope. He's got him on the top rope. It's not a belly to belly. It's what was what was it? It was a crate. Who the, no, no, that was later on. That was later, yeah, on. later on. Later on. So you know, we have. Uh, what I was thinking about was later on. This right here was a goddamn. What was this? Was like off the ropes on the ground on on the uh, you know on the in the in the ring on the you know not off the rope ring but but just off you know like he got shot him into the ropes and then he he did like a belly to belly but he, he oh that was, oh yes that was a belly to belly that was a quick it was a snap belly to belly <laughs> it was right over his head. I mean, he did one, two, three, boom. <laughs> yeah. So then, uh, uh, Koji misses off the top rope. Uh, he gets forearmed and then, like, vicious clothesline by El Samurai, like the fucking uh, Brody style. Yes. Clothesline. Um, and then he gets, uh, we see that uh, Koji gets suplexed to the floor by uh, El Samurai. And then he flies into. Uh, then uh, El Samurai flies into Koji into the guardrail, you know, from from over the top rope. Um, then we see a leg bar from uh, Koji, uh, a crazy leg bar. Um, El Samurai gets the ropes, and then we have some cra- that's where we get the crazy figure four style yeah, leg lock. Figure four where uh, where El Samurai was trying to break it by taking the leg off. Uh, only other person I ever saw do something like that was Luger against Flair. I love that way. You know, most of the time when the guy's in the figure four leg lock, he's stomp, he he's he's banging the mat with his hand trying to break the hole. No, here he tries to take the leg off, and a uh, Koji blocks him from taking his leg off. Yeah, and then we see. Um, I think uh, El Samurai gets tied up in the ropes, and he gets a nasty beat to the midsection, then off the ropes, like, and then he uh, forearm, then he gets a nasty forearm on Koji right after that. Uh, and then we get a DDT, a nasty two DDTs from uh, El Samurai. Um, Those were some vicious DDTs. They were pile driver like DDTs. Cause he, yeah. just, he he drilled, he drilled his head into the back. Yeah, then we get El, he goes on top, delivers a flying headbutt to the shoulder. And we see that Coach, he's in real trouble. He's sent outside. Then he hits. He comes right back in and does this crazy comeback where he punches him like really fast, and then does this crazy spin kick, hook kick on him. See that shit? Like where he like he 
punches him really fast, and then he does a spin kick where yeah. he like basically clotheslines him with his like leg. <laughs> that was uh, a kick, yes. <laughs> yeah, and then, he, then Koji goes for El Samurai's mask, and it basically like rips it half off. Uh, and uh, and then we see this awesome move where Koji gets like a backwards Frankensteiner on El Samurai. That, that that's called the Super Frankensteiner, where he does it backwards. He puts him on the top rope. You're thinking he's going for a belly to belly suplex, a belly to back suplex off the top rope. No, he he leaps, puts puts his uh, legs, locks his legs around Samurai's uh, neck from the back. And does the Hurricanrana Snyder. What a maneuver. Unbelievable. He he, he lands it right on his head. Then he goes for the moonsault, uh, but uh, El Samurai gets his knees up and then uh, does it. Uh, hits two power bombs on Koji. Uh, and then uh, he gets uh, a nasty arm bar on him, but then Koji gets the ropes. He does the round the Rousey arm bar. Uh, yeah. and he, but but uh, like you said, Konamoto gets to the ropes. So then uh, El Samurai goes to the top, and then uh, Koji follows him up there, and he power slams El Samurai. Oh, what now? This is the first time I've ever seen this move. Usually a power slam off the top rope is a tag team. Like the British Bulldogs or the Road Warriors used to do. No, he went to the top rope. They're both on the top rope, and he power slaps them off the top rope. <laughs> yeah, unbelievable. Unbelievable. Uh, and he, he, then he hits his moonsault, uh, and then does a chicken wing suplex. Oh, yes! And you know what? One move after another. I mean, great. I'm jumping up and down watching this shit. I'm like, hey, uh, wrestling fans out there, hey, if you listening to this show, you love the classic wrestling. Subscribe to New Japan World because they got nothing but matches like this. I had never seen this match before. And I'm like, I'm salivating. What a fucking move. What a chain of moves. Yes, the the, the chicken wing suplex. <laughs> and we get a, like, uh, this weird move where it's like a scorpion death drop. Oh, a scorpion death drop off the top rope. <laughs> it's a scorpion death drop suplex. I don't even know what to call these moves. Scorpion death I don't know what you call this, but I called it the same thing you did, Logan. A, spo- a scorpion death lock suplex off the top rope. And then I think he does two more scorpion death locks and gets the pin. El Samurai wins the tournament. Yeah, El Samurai, uh, he looked like he didn't hit, he, he hit it off the top row. It looked like he didn't hit it exactly how he wanted to. Then he tried to do it again from the, from the, in the ring, and it looked like he landed him wrong again. And so he didn't do it again. But whatever, it was awesome. It was fucking ridiculous, man. Yeah. Unfucking believable match. I can't believe I never saw this match until today. What a great match. I was. I was going through New Japan, on the New Japan website. They got all the classic matches. So I wanted to dedicate this show to great New Japan matches. We had a third match we were going to talk about. We'll talk about it next time on the show. But, I mean, this match it was unbelievable. The psychology in this match was off the charts because it was, even though they were crazy moves, Logan, it was realistic. It came in chain of events. It wasn't like what they do today, one high spot after another with no reaction. These guys sold the moves. I mean, it was just ridiculous. Counter Motor Samurai 
probably the greatest matches of their career, and they both had great matches throughout the 90s. Yeah, man, that uh, was definitely uh, exciting, and uh, you, you really thought that Koji was going to pull it out, but then El Samurai... Yeah, I thought Koji would win this match, but Samurai turned it around. Well, what? You got you had three... I, you had three never-before-seen moves. Now, I've been watching wrestling since 1981. I got hundreds of matches on videotape. I never saw three moves before seeing this match, ever. The soup, the power slam off the top rope. The Frankensteiner off the top rope from behind, reverse, backwards. And the Scorpion Death Drop off the top rope. Oh, yeah, unbelievable stuff. That's what you see in New Japan. You always see these moves you don't even have names for. You know, it's like you just got to... You did hear the announcers go, DDT, DDT, and up, Frankenstein, Frankenstein. There you go. So, so here we go. What was it called before they called it the Frankensteiner? It was called like a... the it was, before it was called the Frankensteiner. It was a Mexican term, the Hurricane Rana. Hurricane Rana, that's right, Hurricane Rana. Okay, so we got. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, just in terms of Japan, man, you just gotta you gotta get keyed into Japan. You're right. Get the get the network. But everything's on YouTube or fucking Daily Motion. There's that, a lot but of you see, there. slowly but surely, Logan, all these matches are leaving. Um, there was other matches I wanted to talk about later on down, and they've been deleted from both Daily Motion and YouTube. They don't. Have, they still have a nice number, but they used to have a significant amount of matches. New Japan, since starting their network, has done like the WWE. They have, you know, chosen legal action with YouTube and Daily Motion. And little by little, all those matches are disappearing. Okay, well, it looks like in order to get I think I'll, into the series. I'll pay seven ninety nine a month in American dollars for that network. I mean, it's just phenomenal. Yeah, I'm going to have to get it so that we can... You don't uh, have to worry about shit disappearing. The whole shit is there. And what, what, what you once you order it... You could do a Google translation in English, and it has in alphabetical order each wrestler and their entire library. You, you click on like you click on Dynamite Kid, you get all his matches. You click on you you click on. And it's funny with Tiger Mask, they include every single Tiger Mask. So all five Tiger Masks is under one um, umbrella, under one listing. It's, just, it's phenomenal. I think the guy with the most matches on the website is Tanahashi. I you you got all the great matches from the mid seventies until today. Well, that's amazing. So yeah, that's WWE Network where they pick and choose. They, 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 New Japan's entire live tape library is on this website. That's beautiful. So uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to get that so we can keep on checking out all these matches. There's like we're, there's so many from Japan that we could look at. So. We're never going to end this series. Oh, this series will never end, Logan, because you're just on Japan alone. Right, right. All right, man. So uh, we'll be back, and next time we will talk about the AJ Styles uh, versus... uh, Yeah, AJ Styles is, I mean, I cannot believe the WWE missed the boat on this motherfucker. They had the nerve to tell him when he was a free agent about 18 months ago when he left TNA, oh, well... We'll, we'll sign you, but you got to start a developmental. AJ Styles did the right thing. He went straight to Japan, got a deal, and now the, the, the WWE would have to pay big money for him to come. He's making great money out there. 
If I was AJ, I'd never come back. Just spend the rest of your career in Japan. I mean, because he's having a spectacular career out there. Don't do like Samoa Joe, who goes to the WWE. He's on fucking NXT. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, this is uh, from uh, uh, this is from this year, right? Or is this April last year? April fifth. I mean, last month. I'm sorry, April last month, April fifth. Yeah, Kota Bushi versus AJ Styles. We'll be talking about that AJ next time. AJ Styles is the current IWB, IWGP World Heavyweight Champion. He's had over eight of the last 18 months, he's had a spectacular run in New Japan. Spectacular. Having one great match after another. And this match, oh, what a phenomenal. Ibushi's ridiculous, man. That dude is, he he he, and he takes a beat. Ibushi is, is, reminds me of uh, Kenta Kobashi, where he just takes such a great beating in the ring. Yeah, he's awesome. So uh, we're, they're really um, reinvigorating and, like, kind of bringing back. I mean, it's almost as good as it was in the uh, the 90s. New Japan is the best promotion on the planet with the best wrestling on the planet. I mean, their Dome show this past January was a phenomenal success. We reviewed the two big show, the two big matches on that show. On, our, on You can listen to the archives. And the Jim Ross um Jim Ross did a phenomenal job, and it's it's crazy that they haven't brought him back yet to do another match. Well, what's interesting is that, you know, that we had this period where the Japan kind of went down. Um, Japan was, was about 10 years, Logan. You're right. And now it's kind of this resurgence, and MMA kind of, like, totally failed in Japan. Well, MMA had taken over. Remember, Pride was huge. Pride was doing great. Then all of a sudden, it died. Yeah. And MMA and wrestling were both dead, and now... Wrestling is back, and I, my understanding is UFC is trying to go to Japan to resurrect MMA out there, and I think that would be a great idea because there's a huge fan base out there. They, they are, but they, they like the pride style stuff. They like they like the you know the the pageantry of of WWE and, and I mean of, of of wrestling, but they you know because MMA can get kind of boring you know sometimes. Uh, and I think like the Japan, they like stars. They like uh, you know, the flashiness of pro wrestling. But they are, they appreciate the fighting of, of UFC, but I think there's something where it's not clicking for that. Uh, so we'll see. I think Meltzer said the reason why MMA died in Japan was all their Japanese stars were getting destroyed. And then, you know, it just started, pride just started to suffer. They didn't have that Japanese star that, I think Sakuraba was the guy who uh, carried pride for many years. Once he started losing... That they didn't have anybody to take his place. There you go. Yeah, they, they definitely needed somebody like Antonio Noki, somebody like that. So. The Sakuraba was that guy, but once he started losing, they didn't have anybody to take his place. Sort of like in the United States with heavyweight boxing. Once uh, Lennox Lewis retired, you didn't, you didn't have that great. By the way, you have two great young heavyweights that are going to dominate the heavyweight landscape in the next 10 years. All right, we already saw Deontay Wilder. Last last night in London, England, gold medalist at Anthony Joshua knocked out Kevin Johnson in two rounds. Anthony Joshua Logan is the real thing, and he is better than Wilder. This kid is the real thing. We'll be talking about him in the future on our boxing program, but um, the heavyweight boxing is about to uh, resurface and get, and get rejuvenated as far as um, boxing goes. For MMA to rejuvenate, to, to be rejuvenated in Japan you got to have that Sakuraba, Inoki-type star, uh, star. They don't have that right now. Right, right. And you don't even have the WWF Network anymore, do you? I I did a free trial membership 
is garbage, man. Who fuck with that shit? <laughs> the only thing, the only reason I get it, if 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 I didn't have if I didn't have every pay per view on 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 tape or DVD, I have every. So I, the WWE's network is perfect for those people who don't have that footage. If you don't have those DVDs or those, and you want the pay per views, they have every single pay per view. That's fine and dandy. But in their vault in Stanford, Connecticut, they have millions of hours of of videotape from almost every single territory from the 1970s on, and they give you a pimple of their of that ass on the network. Fuck yeah, they're out. being they're being very stingy with it, and. Uh, why the fuck do you have the tapes then? Well, you know what? No, you know why? Because they have to. You'll see when you watch these pay per views, they change the music. I mean, it's not the same. You're watching it's like. It's work because they change. You, you don't. You don't hear uh, the, the, uh, uh, another one bites the dust. No, they they put the, some generic fucking music over JYD shit. Right. You don't put. You don't. When the Road Warriors come in, you're not hearing Black Sabbath. No, You're no. in some other bullshit. So yeah, like, and when um, Dr. Def Steve Williams used to have Born in the USA, they take, they changed that shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so many... Even Hulk Hogan, like, they had... When he used to come yeah, out well, to the Iron Tiger. Tiger. No, Here you have him beating the Iron Sheik, coming to the ring to Real American, when that song wasn't created for another 18 months. Right. I mean, this is like... This fucks with your memory, man, because it's... You, you <laughs> You don't get the nostalgia. That's another reason why I'm glad I have every single pay per view on DVD and C and tape, videotape, because I have the original theme music coming down the aisle. It is making it, 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 oh my god, oh my right. god. Yeah, it makes. I mean, it's so stupid. So, so anyway, yeah. I mean, if you really want to get it, like that, those have become real collector's items, like the DVDs that have the original music, uh, because now it's like. Everything's been changed around. They, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they even changed some of the promos and edit them and everything. And don't, don't forget, don't forget, Logan. And we review some matches off the WWE Network where Jesse Ventura's commentary was completely erased. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Ridiculous. All right, man. Well, well, we'll be back again talking more of the greatest matches. And this is the Pro Wrestling Opinion Show. So stay tuned. Thanks again, one. Later on, uh, movie fans, we'll be talking about, and uh, Logan, this was a, might be the best movie we've ever seen yet. Stand By Me, we'll be talking about later today. Yes, indeed. Stand By Me, Stephen King. So check it out. Uh, Logan's Movie Reviews and SuperFriendsUniverse.com. Talk to you later, man. Talk to you later, big man. Later.